Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome again to the Empower Humans podcast. This is episode 55. In this episode, we have Brian Head Welch. He's got the nickname Head in the band Corn with a K. Some of you may be familiar with his music. If you're not, no matter what your musical interests are, this is a, an interview to listen to. They both talk a lot about this documentary that they've done called Loud Crazy Love. It gets into this whole history of him with his daughter, and he left the band Corn for a little while and didn't even think he would ever come back. He is back in the band now after several years and several trials and rock bottom, losing just about everything. And that whole process and how that played out and affected her and their whole relationship and their dynamic together. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful documentary and story. In my expert opinion, (laughs) I can't recommend it enough. Go pick that up on DVD. There's a bunch of special features I understand as well. Maybe some deleted scenes and things. I'm excited to actually see that in the DVD myself. So enjoy this interview. And before we get into that, I just want to remind you as always these couple quick things. Quick maybe, but very, very important. You are absolutely priceless. You're never alone. Don't let anyone convince you of any of those other things. Don't let any force or other event in your life convince you that you are anything but priceless or even that you're alone. If you're feeling that way, reach out. Empowerhumans.com at Empower101 on Instagram and Twitter. You can always email and uh, neighbors, friends, all sorts of different ways. Just do not forget you are priceless and you are never alone. Listen to this interview. Enjoy it. We're going to have a sequel coming up, I hope, with their next album, uh, kind of going over more of the musical side of things as well. We talked a little bit about that here. We had a pretty good conversation. And thankfully, you know, my name is Phil, and uh, his middle name is Phil, named after his dad, Phil. So we've got a whole Phil thing going on. My son's middle name is Felipe, by the way, which is a derivative of Phil, the Spanish version, I should say, of of Phil or Philip. So uh, we had that whole thing going on. We talked a little bit about all sorts of things from Uh, his dreadlocks and fathering skills to some of his motivating factors in this whole process as he's come to find himself and get rid of a whole bunch of addictions and things that he felt like were real barriers and problems in his life. And I'd agree based on (laughs) both the documentary and the things we talked about here. So without further ado, enjoy this interview with Brian Head Welch of Corn and his lovely daughter, Jenea. How you doing, Phil? That's my middle name. Hey, yeah, that's your dad's name too. I found out on the... uh, on the uh, documentary here. <laughs> yep. How are you Phillip. guys doing today? He gave me his name. Yeah, he gave. Yeah, We're see, good. I have a son. His name, uh, his middle name is Felipe, because uh, his mother is Latina. So we decided, hey, let's do that whole thing. <laughs> so we got a little few little I common threads. Yeah, we got the Spanish thing going. Sean Felipe. Maybe I. Should, maybe I'll, I'll change mine to Felipe. <laughs> I think I think that's a good plan. Let's do that. It'll be yeah. Brian Head Felipe. Yes. I want to cover all kinds of stuff. Maybe we'll do a, a part two sometime down the road if we don't <laughs> cover it all. But uh, I have been looking forward to this for so long, this uh, interview. And uh, I've watched this documentary. I can't say enough how much I love this documentary. I've watched it twice, by the way. I watched it, including again last night before kind of getting in the zone for, for our conversation today. And Jenea, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm really good. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Thank you. I... I marvel at your courage to do. I know a lot of people have said that, but it, it takes a certain kind of uh, bravery and courage to do what you guys have done here. And how is that? I mean, getting into that place of making yourself real vulnerable like this here, obviously it helps maybe with your dad being involved, but was that a hard thing for you, I imagine? Yeah, um, it, 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 it was hard, but um, for us, we've kind of grown up in the the spot, like, um, like my whole life pretty much and so 
wasn't that foreign, but for me, it was um, it was a way of telling my story. And uh, like, while we're already in like in the public, I guess you know. What I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, the public eye. And okay, and now. No, not a lot of people can say they've got a dad who's in the spotlight like this, whether it be an actor or a, uh, you know, rock star kind of thing or any number of things, a president. So maybe you don't, you probably have friends who don't have that situation. Is that, how does that compare with your friends? Because obviously in this documentary, you had some unique experiences. You went on tour. You, for a time, you didn't have uh, parents around. How, do, how does this compare with your friends, Jenea? Yeah, um, well, um, going to school and making friends was pretty hard um, because, like, there were some kids who who would use me to, yeah. to get to him and stuff, and uh, yeah. I don't know, it, it, it was hard, but um, but honestly, it, it taught me, I'm, I, I'm 20 now, and it taught me to just, like, uh, pick the right friends and know who's fake and who's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that helps, I guess, having some adversity around you like that. And I want to go back to the to the first question about you, like us being vulnerable and sharing things. Yes, I think it all happened when when I left Corn in two thousand five, and and started talking about my issues and that how I got out of them, you know. And then it was so so controversial with the fans, with Christians. It was like this is fake, you know. Christ, some Christians were like, "This is fake. This is not going to last." And then. The fans were like, oh, my gosh, he's, is this a joke? He's a weird Christian now, you know? <laughs> so when I wrote my so, – so I decided to write the book and put everything, all of my failures, wounds, everything in my book, and I saw it, like, just like a fire spread all around and help people. And so – and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I think maybe maybe she has that DNA because, you know, she – she realized she could help people as well, you know? And so it all started that when God came into my life and just gave me the courage and boldness to talk about things, you know? And so you got to be real with this generation. Absolutely. And she must have, uh, she must have the DNA. Uh, And, and I relate in some ways too. not that, uh, you know, I don't have a dad with dreadlocks. My dad's got a bald spot. If he had dreadlocks, he'd have to grow it around, (laughs) around the edge. And, uh, ah. certainly not, but that would look cool, dad. Sorry, but I got to mention that. Uh, and also I had a situation for me. My mom wasn't around much and it's so, I don't know how much you want to get into that, but for me personally, that was a tough thing. It's tough for any kid, boy, girl, whatever, to not have a mom around. Do you want to get into any of that? How did that affect things for you, Jenea? Um, well, I'll be brief. Um, yeah. just, I don't know, like kids mean need their their mom and dad around really like the, the, those parts are, are really important in in a kid's development and bonding and whatnot and so whether it's, it's a mom or dad it's, it's it's very um vital and it can cause you know like um developmental delays and stuff and yeah, <laughs> for example yeah. i have like i have like the worst stuttering and sure and like it, it honestly it kind of turns on and off like sometimes it's like it's whatever and then sometimes it's so bad and so mm-hmm. so for me that that was like a cause of of the these trauma of not having her around oh. so it's yeah it's, it's very important yeah no you're absolutely right there's all kinds of studies about you know regardless of the whole religious thing or not 
and I grew up in a religious environment and so on. Whatever people believe, I think most would agree that there's purpose to both parents and purpose to family life and trying to do our best with all that. And so uh, I'm sorry you went through that. But at, at the same time, it sounds like this this brought you to a higher place of being able to share with others and some perspective by by going through all of this, you know, not having mom around and these other these other trials. Did you want to comment anything on that, Brian? Yeah, I just, uh, what was I going to say? Dang it. Uh, <laughs> it's good. Oh, just that, yeah, that is the way God made it. Mother, father, in the house, raising the kid, uh -huh. you know. But people can get through it. And, and she's been so healed in so many ways, you know. And I'm sure it's, there's, there's probably some things in there because God always, like, gives you, doesn't, doesn't bring things up, you know, and give you more than you can handle. So, but uh, definitely, there's so many people without one parent. So yeah. I really want to push the fact that you can get past it, though, because God, God can be that for you. The, you know, a mother figure and a father figure. He comforts as a mother comforts a child. Isaiah says, and mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But yeah, it is it is hard. It definitely is a harder road without when you're missing one. That and and he brings people in your life to, to um not not um not replace them but to fill that void that might be there yeah yeah no i agree i agree wholeheartedly i could speak to that in my own life too because like i said i've come from kind of a broken home situation certainly not exactly the same circumstances but uh yeah i i can speak to that also i had other friends moms and things around me that uh there were times i'd give them a mother's day card on top of it to say thank you for filling this role and so uh, and we always have something, something, and especially somebody, multiple somebodies to be grateful for. Whether we have the perfect life that we thought we should have or not, there's there's always more to as we look around to be grateful for with all these people. So I'm, I'm appreciate that you guys point that out. And as I watch this, to a certain extent, this is why I watch it so much. There's such a depth of vulnerability. I can't say enough about how well done this documentary is. Again, the documentary is loud, crazy love, crazy with a K, of course. <laughs> loud, crazy love. <laughs> And I watched, like I said, multiple times, but you guys went out and, and there's something, why are people drawn to be people becoming so vulnerable like this? Sometimes people maybe like to see kind of the, uh, the freak show thing of Jerry Springer type stuff, but why in general are people drawn to people opening up like this? Do you think? I think because it's just, um, people are tired of fakeness. People are, yeah. people are tired to tired of like, you know, from Christians or, or non-Christians, just people putting on the, the face and yeah. playing the role and like, how you doing? You know, oh, oh, I'm good. You know, just doing same old, same old, you know, it's like, that's life is challenging and hard sometimes and fun and good. It's a mixture, but we need to talk about things. And so I think this generation, look at all the reality TV shows, you know, just people, even though most, some of them are still fake, but yeah, uh, yeah. it's a, uh, it's just like people want authentic. Yeah, of course. And so that's all. That's all we we're trying to do: is just be authentic and real, and and speak the truth. You know, the truth, even though if it hurts sometimes. Yeah, and to say, you know, to talk about. Of course, and we we're in this social media age where everyone's putting out a front of this is my Instagram life versus real life behind the scenes, <laughs> yeah. or whatever it might be. It's kind of, I think authenticity is the new, probably everything really. And, and people are drawn to that. Like I can speak to that too. Uh, when we put things out and I'm a little more vulnerable myself or others, uh, you know, you get more of a response out of people because 
there's that real side of all of us as humans that we can all relate to because the struggle. It's like, why do we want to hide the struggle? Because the struggle is part of the, probably the most beautiful part of our lives. The, the, yeah, there's some ugliness. There's some blood, sweat, and tears involved in the struggle. But why do we? Why do people need to hide the struggle? And maybe you don't have an answer for that, but uh, maybe we're we're trained in our culture to do that. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good, uh, definitely a good point, man. And um, I, I'm just reminded of this Jesus in Revelation. He says, "He who overcomes." That means, like any human, you know, that overcomes, uh, you know, with him will will have the right to sit with him in his throne with him. That's what he said. And so, you know, that can mean different types of things. But to me, I'm just thinking about like we only have one one chance in this life, mm-hmm. well, multiple chances, but to overcome things, you know, because yeah. the next life we're not we're probably not going to have to overcome hard times, is what. Uh, he teaches that it's like it's going to be, you know, he's going to wipe away every tear and all, and everything, and we're going to be different, mm-hmm. different creatures. You know, we're not going to be fallen anymore. And so, so you know, it's just like that's that's what I like to talk about all all of my junk too, because so people can get past and overcome their mistakes or their unju- injustices done to them whether it be not having a parent or like abuse or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. 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 Great, great point. Uh, I, I'm so drawn to this documentary also. I mean, you guys talk a lot about going through therapy. You talk about uh, this exit from corn and everything that happened there. Again, any, anyone listening, go watch this, go, it's coming out on DVD here soon. Uh, what is it? June 11th, by the way. That's correct. That's okay. DVD release. And um, you can buy it on iTunes and, you know, Amazon and all that stuff. Yeah, again, loud, crazy love. And, and you guys talk about, I've heard you in another interview, I kind of did my homework here. <laughs> you talk about, you guys were talking with someone else about therapy, because he was talking to the other interviewer about, I went through therapy and some of the things that he dealt with with some of his own, I think, addictions and things too. And you said, yeah, why are we hiding behind, uh-oh, nobody goes to therapy? It's like, yeah. Uh, we, we think of these old movies like the Stepford Wives and things like that, where it's like, we have to have this perfect robotic life, but why can't we all just be real? <laughs> and so I think you yeah. guys, you guys are doing a lot there. Did you want to say anything about that, Jenea? Anything? Uh, and if not, that's okay. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> no, no, you're, oh my gosh, you're totally fine. And thank you for being so like, I'm concerned <laughs> yeah, well, about me and being comfortable. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to make you comfortable. Uh, you're not always out on stage with your dad, but go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so yeah, um, yeah, it's it's hard. Kids nowadays too. It's like it's like so. Um, usually this is like like the, the Babbage family household is that mom and dad are in the house. They're working all day, and so mm-hmm. they're going to, to daycare and not not building those those bonds with their parents like that like they did twenty. 30 years ago and so and then social media on top of it there's like this this self-esteem and confidence that hasn't been built when they were young and so they find their confidence and their um satisfaction in social media so yeah it's it's very very hard yeah it's a difficult situation 
Yeah, great, great point. And even when I was a kid, I'm kind of between both your ages. Uh, I'm in fact, mm-hmm. I, last year was my 20 year high school. You know, I saw you were born in 98. That's the year I graduated. So I'm like, oh, okay. So she, <laughs> she was born the oh summer, summer after I graduated high school. Uh, but in, yeah. in any case, so talk to me real quick, by the way, Brian, both of you about addiction, because it, it is a disease. It's not just something we just kind of look down on people. It's not something, thankfully for me personally, that I've struggled with, but I've watched it and I've seen it play out and I hate this stuff. Uh, watching people's lives kind of come unglued uh, because of addiction. And you talk about after Janea was born, too, within about a month, it was like, okay, you dropped everything, but then it was like little by little, it kind of crept back in. I'll go get two beers, I remember, in the documentary. What, what do we want to say about addiction? Oh, my gosh. It's like it's so demonic and controlling. And it's like what are those things that... Uh, what am I trying to think of? Those things that are in the in the swamps and they they suck the, the blood out of you. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's our picture. Like a leech, demons, like you're just yeah, like a leech just yeah. sucking the life out of you. You know? Yeah. And uh, it was just I don't mean to be in that situation. I was addicted and calling it fun. You know, the addiction to alcohol and stuff, and uh, just drinking. You know, not not. Um, hard drugs all the time, but just drinking, you know, and I, and it was like, that's what we did. And it was just part of life. And so many people do that. And, and it just robs them of looking deeper into, um, the meaning of existence, you know? Yeah. Cause it, all it does is just, you know, and it's fine. Like if, if some, I know Christians even that just, you know, they'll drink a couple times a month, have some wine, a couple glasses of wine mm-hmm. and get a little, you get a little tipsy, you know, but it doesn't rob their doesn't rob their spiritual life, you know, and and that's cool. I just I can't do that. What and like um functionality. Yeah, and so so yeah, it's just horrible. And then of course I fell into the like the the worst part of addiction with hard drugs and meth and pills and everything. And uh, it's just crazy to see the documentary and see parts where like there's one part I'm sitting on the couch and someone's t- the cameraman asked me for Xanax and I'm like no I got some Vicodin though and, and it was just like you know I was that guy like people would come to me for pills because they knew I had pills at this you know a certain like five seven year period or whatever I would always have them because they were just it was a part of life it was just accepted you know oh those make you relax you know and yeah, so, and I would yeah. just hand them out like a, like a drug dealer to people, but they were free from me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was just like it was just normal, you know. We got them from doctors; they were legal, and it's just crazy. It, addiction is such so scary. Yeah. And then the effects, you know. She felt the effects. I'm sure, but even though I hit it and I hit it from everybody and I functioned, you know, but I was I was still like not there like I could have been, you know. My, my desire to be there was there. Like, I, re- I really wanted to be there. So I was like, oh, I'll just hide the drug addiction and, and act like I'm really, I'm all there, you know, yeah, but I wasn't yeah. because, yeah. Well, and I appreciate your explanation there. And again, I marvel at you just, you're just blunt about it. Pills, meth, all these things. It's just, that is what it is. There's no point in sugarcoating or pretending it was anything more or less than that. It just was that. And uh, is that we talk about this, 
this addiction thing. And and I think, by the way, Jenea piped in there with the thing about being functional, and you mentioned a few things with that. I, th- I think people individually maybe can look at their lives, don't you think, and just see, okay, I'm starting to not be, I'm not showing up at work on time, or I'm falling short in my band in this case, or with my daughter or son or a spouse or multiple things, and you start realizing, okay, that's where it, this, it, it, it's not just a drink of wine couple times a week or month, but uh, it's it's beyond that. I need to do something. Kind of the the deciding line individually based on people's lives of what's the uh, functionality of it or not. Yeah, when you're thinking about it too much, when it's like hooking you and you're like, oh man, I can't wait to do that, then, then there's a problem and it's starting to hook you. You know, you're thinking about it too much. And, and I talk about, like you said, just being blunt and everything. Yeah. My hopes, and it just comes naturally to me, I don't even think about it, but my hopes is like if someone hears it, they're just like, you know, that's struggling and they're just like, you know, that's me. What am I doing? Yeah. You know, yeah. what am I doing? The life has got to be so much more better and clearer and, and just, you know, uh, meaningful, you know, that's what I'm hoping like someone's struggling with it and they hear my bluntness that they just, it helps them. Yeah, absolutely. Was this, um, as we talk about, you left corn <laughs> I noticed in the video and even in the trailer, it's like she says, is that even allowed? And uh, was this absence yeah. from court? Now, granted, you didn't necessarily think you were going back. Uh, and, of course, the planets align is a beautiful thing in that video where you came out and played blind and all that, which was awesome, by the way. Did Was this okay. absence from corn a blessing for you? Was it a, a gift? And I'd like you both to comment on that if you would. It was a huge gift. I was so relieved. I was. I mean, I did have emotional attachments to to the whole thing, and it, I did have some bad days, you know, like, you know, yeah. oh, they're just moving on without me. Oh, really? They're just like, oh, we're going to be better without him now. We're just going to keep pushing forward. And I'm like, and that hurt, you know, but I was, so I had to mix emotions, you know. Do I want yeah. them to be better without me? <laughs> no, know? of course. I want to be, I want to be wanted and needed, you know, but <laughs> I want to leave too and get away. So it was all this mixture of things, but what a treasure to be home with her. Even if, she, like, I hired a nanny or something, it was, least, it was at least where, like, we had dinner together, you know, and mm-hmm. and watched TV together every night and then got up together in the morning, and I wouldn't change that for nothing. It was a huge gift. And, I mean, I love my guys, and the, the business is awesome, and the, it seems like corn popularity is just rising, too. We're getting... Our records are getting better, but, you know, it's hard being in a band still, you know, just uh, to tour and everything. And so, you know, but but uh, but those eight years off just of, of the constant touring was so good for me to just uh, just reprogram and, and get my strength and everything. What about you? Yeah, um, for me, I mean, I was like five years old and so so I didn't really have a whole like opinion on it but um yeah but I mean it, 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 it was still pretty fun like I thought it was uh, new and different and exciting and she did she had, she had to see the good and bad you know in that because I was home all the time and so when I'm home all the time she doesn't get before she got I just I just thought about this right now but, but before mm-hmm. she got dad on his best behavior because when I came home I wanted to make it so meaningful that I was home you know yeah in between tours and stuff and then when I quit 
and I'm and then I'll, I have to deal with my issues and like what who am I now? You know, if I'm not this iconic or whatever people thought I was, you know, who am I now? And yes, I love Jesus, and and yeah, I want to be humbled and everything, and I just want to, but but all these character flaws come come bubbling up to the surface, and. Yeah. She has to. She has to start to see them. You know, with my anger, my short temper, my lack of patience, or something with her. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm there all the time and, and doing mostly everything and trying to uh, trying to be responsible. You know, and so so yeah, she saw some ba- good. It was really good, and we we had some awesome times, but she, there were some bad times too. Yeah, yeah, and it, that comes out pretty well in the documentary. Uh, I, yep. and again, I don't want to give everything away because I want everyone to go out, to, you know, loud, crazy love with a K, loud, crazy love. Watch this documentary if you haven't yet and go get the DVD. Are there some special features, by the way, on the DVD, some extras? Or do um, we not know? <laughs> I th- yes, yes. I, I think there, there is. There, uh, there's some deleted scenes and oh, good. things that we're putting, we're putting for, yeah, I just don't know exactly what they are, but yes. Okay. Tell me real quick. I would, by the way, I would dig in for hours if we could, because we we don't have time for either end today. But <laughs> so much between this documentary influences of the music. I'm a musician myself. I play drums and uh, other things, and I've been in bands myself. So I relate to the whole band thing. I haven't played the big stages you have, but when you get back to Corn and you got um, kind of haphazardly ended up on that same uh, festival or that that dates playing with with corn tell me about that playing blind with the band again because at the end jonathan's crying and just this big emotional kind of return but informal tell me about that how was that it was crazy because you know over the years the management would ask me to come back like once a year you know oh, hey, really? we want to talk to brian they'd get a hold of someone i knew or was working with <laughs> we really want to talk to brian just you know talk you know and i'm like oh just to talk you want me to come back and so i would i i was like no keep them away from me and i would tell everybody like <laughs> tell them he's not interested and i was just blunt and i didn't care you know i was just i was not trying to be kind at, at all so like tell them to leave me alone no it's just that all they want is all they want to do is like do some big push so that corn makes money or something and mm. so and then so when i when that show came up and janae wanted to go there's bands that she liked I was like, okay, but let's not tell nobody we're going because Corn's playing there. And so I was just trying to be really secretive, you know, because I didn't want a manager there or something to be like, hey, man, you know. And so yeah, yeah. when I got there, we ended up just seeing some of the guys and uh, some of the crew that was there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, look at these guys. I've known these guys so many years. I haven't seen them for almost a decade. Yeah. And then, and then I went and saw the band guys, and then they asked me to play blind, and I was like, Okay, there's no cuss words in that song. <laughs> I'll, go, <laughs> I'll do it, and uh, that's what I was thinking at the time. And so yeah. it was nerve wracking because I, I wanted just to sneak in there and watch corn from the from like the crowd or the soundboard. And and then when they asked me to play, I was like, man, I, don't, I really don't want to, but I I'll just do it. And then all the emotional reaction happened after we played, and mm-hmm. and uh, it was just really special after the show everybody was just buzzing about it and just like man that was so cool you guys are brothers man you guys it was so cool to see you guys back I said if uh 
and it's bust. He told me, he goes, if that's all I, we have, that memory, then thank you for that. That was amazing. And wow. he gave me a hug, and we left. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, that was, it was very intense. What about from your perspective, seeing me jam with corn and stuff? Well, um, I mean, yeah, it was a big deal. And, and, and even though at that time I was kind of like just, um, dealing with my own like um depression and anxiety stuff it was cool to see him like back where he like with his 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 back to his roots family you know yeah Yeah, his roots and my parents my parents were you know they had become christians by that time and they they saw my transformation and then my dad was going through some stuff and i just emailed him because i wasn't a good communicator face to face but i emailed him and told him what Jesus did for me and and he just he just kind of jumped in with my mom and so but so he, all that to say like some Christians were were like oh my gosh what is he doing playing with him again but and my dad was like he teared up he was because he know he's known these guys since early teens you know and he knows that we're all family and that there's just a, a huge connection and we built this band together and yeah it was crazy at times and and too intense and like vulgar back in the day, but um, yeah. So yeah, it yeah. was just a really powerful thing, you know. So I was, yeah. I just put it like Mary. I just pondered everything and put it in away. <laughs> yeah. So and then when they asked me to come back later, I was like, you know what? I just don't feel like I'm just doing my own thing, and I love you guys, and it was so fun. And so I was even saying no to them when they asked me, you know, and then. I went away at my house and just turned off electronics and just got with God for like a month. Wow. And that's when I felt, that's when I felt the calling. And then I, I hit up some leaders and people who I trusted and got, got some, uh, wise counsel, they call it. And they, like, I was like, if, if any of these people tell me, I picked three and I said, if any of them like say, say they don't think it's a good idea or whatever, then I'm not doing it. And I told God that I was like, and they, they all three, back and said they felt like it was a good idea you mm-hmm. know? I love uh, I love that explanation yeah. and and uh, you still had some reservations sound like I didn't realize that completely but that's good for our listeners and others to kind of know that some of that process and I again I'd love to dig deeper and deeper on so many areas here I want to ask you real quick because I know I want to ask you first, when you go on tour with these bands that you grew up with, like Metallica, by the way, I saw you with Metallica in, I think, 96, before Janae was born. <laughs> oh, my God, that's crazy. In, uh, in good old Albuquerque, where I grew up. And uh, you guys uh, were one of the opening with Metallica there. What is that like going on tour with these bands that you look to and idolized and so on? I mean, there must be it must be surreal. Yeah, um, well, hey, just... Um after this, I gotta go. I'm sorry, but if you want to talk more, I'm gladly get on the phone with you again. Yeah, so, yeah, go ahead. I'd yeah, love to, man. I'm totally down to do that. Um, awesome. But Meta- oh my gosh, it was it, it was like I'll never forget that that little boy that just wanted to play guitar and was a super fan of like ACDC, and Iron Maiden, and Ozzy, and all them. And so mm-hmm. even on New Year's Eve, I went and saw Ozzy and. And you know, talk to Sharon and and uh, <laughs> awesome. backstage, and I and I, I get so nervous because it's just like I, I never forget I was that little kid, you know, and and touring with Metallica <laughs> and 
and, and James hurt his back, and I played Nothing Else Matters on his guitar in front of the crowd because he couldn't. <laughs> wow. And it was like, yeah, it's like, are you joking me right now? And Nikki Six, I saw him at Ozzy, the guy from Motley Crue. I know they were like crazy, but just talking to him. And we, uh, my bass player told him one day, he was like, Nikki, before we go further with our relationship, I just got to tell you, I used to draw you when I was little, so you make me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they just, they talk to us like, you know, they're a fan of our band, yeah. which is crazy. You know, these guys that I've just idolized when I was a young kid, they love our band. And they're like, man, this song is, and it just blows my mind that I've come to the, to that, that, I've come that far, you know? Yeah, that's so awesome. And lots of my dream too. I didn't quite get there yet, you know, but in any case, I love your explanation. I love you talking about that kid came out. That What a great way to put it. And on that note, I'd love to go on and on with your influences. I've seen some stuff, Mr. Bungle and all these things. We could talk more about the seven string guitars and we'll get there. We'll do a, a you know, a sequel one of these days. But again, Loud Crazy Love, excellent, excellent documentary. I can't recommend it enough. Coming out on DVD finally here, June 11th. And you guys have a tour coming up this summer, summer 2019. When's the album coming out? Or wh- tell me about the album. Any uh, details? Yeah, and we're we're getting close to the end of it, and um, we are. It's going to be released this summer sometime, so we're we're working on the date. But yeah, it's getting really close, man. We're excited, and Jonathan just killed it. I mm-hmm. mean, he took all of his pain from a heavy year he had last year, and just he just he, he worked so hard on this record. I've never I've never seen him work so hard on a record. All right. I can't wait. I can't wait. I love these these albums, old and new. I'm going to let you guys go, and uh, let's next time I talk to you, I want nicknames for Jonathan and Ray also, besides you guys have Monkey okay. and all that. <laughs> but uh, yep. for, anything else you want to add before we, we wrap up, guys? I'm good, man. I'll talk to you more. Uh, we can do it soon or later. You let me know, and uh, I look forward to it. Good, man. That sounds great. For our listeners, thanks for listening, and empower yourself, empower the world around you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Empower Humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EmpowerHumans.com. We'll catch you next time.